Welcome to the Unusual Podcast. Hi, Chris. So, Hi, Chris Busnell, the founder of um, Tropical Futures Institute, um, and you you also had um, and you recently curated um, the NFT section of Art Fair Philippines. Yes. And because we've had so many so many artists on the platform asking about NFTs, I thought it'd be great to talk to you as an expert. Um, so Ooh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm just interested yeah. to hear yeah. about mm-hmm. how you came about curating that section at, at yeah. Art Philippines mm-hmm. um, and how you and how what it involved. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I'm Chris, uh, founder of Tropical Futures Institute. We're like a multidisciplinary think tank slash studio based out of Cebu, Philippines. Um, so I, you know, like that background is more in the space of like, uh, producing art shows, zine fests, um, hosting artist residencies. Uh, we also do some of our own merch. And then recently, actually this year, we've been doing some curating with a national gallery, um, at the, I guess the novel ways exhibition, uh, or the series of exhibitions. Um, and, um, more recently as Tanya you were mentioning Art Fair Philippines. I was a co-curator with uh, two other, um, uh, Gabby and Colin. Um, and so I, I basically got into crypto in like 2014. So quite a while ago, um, doing, I was like researching mesh networks in New York City. So I figure if you, you know, you, you're Googling decentralized network and then Bitcoin will eventually come up. And that sort of led me down the crypto rabbit hole. And I've been like a, more of a fair weather participant. So um, in and out of the space for the last couple of years. And then uh, more recently, this last um, year and a half uh, or a year or so, been observing like the, you know, the crypto market in general uh, coming in like summer of 2020 and then just really more of a macro ecosystem NFT participant person. So like, uh, you know, gaming to finance, to, um, to art um, in the NFT space. So it, it was that, that's sort of like my background. And I guess like how I got into the, the, the sort of curating situation was the director saw my troll, my trollish Instagram handle, uh, DJ blockchain algorithms. And she was like, hey, Chris, uh, do you know anything about NFTs? And then that's how we got the conversation started. And at that time when they asked me, I think it was in November um, of 2020, um, it, it, like NFTs were not super huge. I mean, like it was it was definitely a thing. It was definitely like a, a huge space in crypto at the time. But I don't think anyone saw how fast it would run up in, in the following months. Um, I guess like has some sort of correlation with the market in general, but also I think it it just the media cycle and um, it sort of just took everyone by surprise. So, uh, you know, the primary angle of the, the, the section was uh, just mainly education. And as the space kind of grew broader and broader, we had to like broaden it a bit. Um, So I tried to, um, try to come at it from different angles. So like showing the more crypto bro, uh, very stereotypical, like cyberpunk aesthetic, like um, vaporwave, um, you know, burner uh, burner aesthetics to 
highlighting some like OG smart smart contract artists that um, you know, and then and then having some more um, I guess even some more theoretical talks about like uh, artificial scarcity and like precursors to uh, blockchain art in terms of like conceptual art, for example, um, and then uh, some workshop stuff and some artist talks. So we just try to like run the gamut and um, yeah, yeah, that's sort of a little background and how I got into that sort of situation of um, co-curating the space uh, for our Philippines. I can see you've approached it from quite a lot of perspectives. So from the perspective of an artist who's looking to get into, into the space, um where where would they start where would you okay. recommend they yeah so actually I, I had been helping a lot of artists and designers come into the space but like not necessarily like advertising it I guess before this sort of curatorial thing I, I just sort of if people ask me then I'll help but I wasn't like posting on my IG or or even on like tropical futures but um you know there were a couple of artist friends that I took through the space. And I think the most important thing is just that it's such a proto and nascent technology. So if you're open to experimentation, um, you should go for it um, and be open to, to it. Cause like, I think the main takeaway from the section we curated was that NFTs like, you know, create some sort of opening for like the next um, iteration of the internet in terms of like looking at the internet as uh, from a web three standpoint. So um, you know, you know, it's not fully there yet, but this whole idea of NFTs like kind of creates this opening because like one thing I know for certain is that I've never seen so much digital art or digital media sold ever in my entire life. And I think in the entire history of new media, uh, there's never been as much new media sold as in last year and this year. And I, I get goosebumps thinking about it because there's, you know, I'm sure for you, Tanya, and myself, we have so many friends that are new media artists, designers, creatives that have been producing work literally for free for thousands of hours of their lives and getting nowhere near as much compensation as they should for that sort of labor. So I guess the first thing is just like, just be open. Um, and like the way I look at it too, is just like, it's sort of like using the internet when you had a dial up modem. You know, and that's how I also try to look at it too, where you have to like get this wallet, you have to get all these sort of um, these these sort of like um, you know what platform do you go on, what blockchain do you go on? Um, so I would say for like artists that are are wanting to get into the space, I mean, I'm going to give you some links, but I would approach it with a, a DeFi decentralized finance sort of education first in terms of how to use like the blockchain. So I'll, I'll link you like a tutorial. This one guy called DeFi Dad is great. And then there's this new website I got, uh, someone linked me called The Rabbit Hole, which sort of rewards you from going through the space. And because I, I think like besides NFTs, like it's like also like the, like the DeFi space is also a very interesting space. And there's a lot of opportunities for artists to like, um, to learn about finance and like, and, and, and those sort of things. Um, but it would be there first DeFi. And then after you sort of like get your wallet. Um, and then I guess like you would also need to have a basic uh, account. So depending on where you're living in the world, um, you need to set up a traditional cryptocurrency exchange account. So like in Singapore, I think there's like CoinHako, uh, 
like Binance, uh, Zipmex, and a few others. Um, so, I mean, those are the two fundamental things, I think, like um, learning about DeFi and then getting a crypto account. And then I would say for artists coming on board uh, with those two with those two building blocks, I, I would I would encourage them to like try out, um, I guess, less expensive blockchains first. Like uh, there's Tezos, which has this uh, one platform called Hen, Hick and Nunk. So it's like, it's, it makes it a lot easier to like do all this minting and stuff like that. Cause Ethereum, the cost is quite prohibitive even with the gas fees being so low. So um, I think Tezos, there's like a really strong community um, with that Hen platform. But if you do have a little bit of more capital to experiment with, um, then yeah, you can go on Ethereum, but it's, it's gonna be an expensive experiment. And unless you have that sort of capital to sort of like, I would say like, depending like with the current gas costs as of today, like May 26, 2021, um, it's gonna cost you like maybe a hundred bucks US um, at least to like sort of mint your, mint your NFT and, you know, get it and get it up there. So if you're, so just to circle back to your question. Um, yeah, so like DeFi, learning what DeFi is, setting, getting up a, a an exchange account where you can bring in Singapore dollars or whatever currency into uh, Ethereum or Tezos. Um, and then uh, trying out Tezos or Ethereum, I would say are the two blockchains to really look at. I mean, there's others coming up, but the communities, um, Ethereum has the strongest community, I would say in terms of like NFT collectorship uh, uh, and participation. Um, but it's just very cost prohibitive, but it's, it's worth trying out. But the, the thing is also like, you still have, you know, you, I think if you do have a following outside, um, like a traditional following, you can map that over into a crypto sort of situation, but um, it's not as gold rushy as everyone thinks it is, unless you're like already famous, like, uh, unless you're like making crypto art, like in the summer of 2020, and you came up pre pre boom, then it's going to be just as difficult to make it in the trad art world. Got it. So Chris, where do the platforms like super rare, where do they fit into this equation? Yeah. So yeah, like super rare, I guess other ones like known origin. Um, I would say it's like super rare. It qualifies as like a quote unquote curated platform. However, I, I will say that it, it means curated as in there's just like an application form. I wouldn't necessarily say um, there is like a strong, no hate, uh, strong curatorial program. I would say like foundation probably has the strongest curatorial uh, programming um, in terms of like uh, with Lindsay Howard um, and the work she's doing over there. Uh, she's like a very much an OG uh, new media curator. But um, in a lot of ways, these these platforms are essentially like in some ways the galleries, right? So like um, however, they don't facilitate all the functions that a gallery would facilitate for an artist. Um, they do, they just enable the selling on a platform itself and they do, you know, you know, they don't really take that much of a chunk, but there's like, you know, there's a ton of different ones, like from, you know, I do know a lot of like crypto galleries use OpenSea, for example, because of the metadata and some of, there's more flexibility in the, like, 
in how you can upload or mint an NFT on OpenSea. Um, so like uh, galleries like uh, Snark Art in New York or uh, Left Gallery in uh, Berlin or uh, Folia Folia, uh, you'll see them using OpenSea. Um, however, um, like Super Rare, Rarible, and some of these other platforms are, you know, you can thrive in their ecosystem. And if you have like ecosystem support, then, you know, like if you're invited to foundation, then you should just go with that. Or if you're, um, you know, invited into super rare known origin, because you, you, you might, they like whoever is inviting you is obviously the curator of that platform or one of the curators. So that they will sort of support you, hopefully. I mean, there was an artist I was working with and I think eventually they did feature him, but it took a while. But um, otherwise it's, uh, it's pretty much up to your own sort of savvy um, in terms of the space, but yeah. So, so like Chris, in, are those platforms, do they um, require exclusivity generally, or can you go on a few of them, or can you go on a platform and do your own thing at the same time? Yeah, you can do, you can, it goes across channels. So like if you're, you can mint anywhere you want to, there's no really exclusivity agreements um, in terms of minting, but I, I guess people just generally like, there is sort of some sort of provenance, I would say like foundation is the most, in the space, I would say the most sought after in terms of, uh, I mean, just because of the quality of other artists minting on foundation. Um, sure, you have a lot of stuff being minted on there, but I would say, um, and then, you know, yeah, super rare known origin are also, are great as well. Um, and then, I mean, you have Zora, but Zora, is less of a marketplace and more of like a, a toolkit. So if you're like a developer or you wanna build something um, with Web3 and NFTs, you might wanna use Zora to, um, I think they just released some sort of like auction, like auction SDK sort of pack. But um, back to your question, yeah, it's sort of open. It, it's like, I would say like, if you're working with artists in the NFT space, you shouldn't like, and your artist is like on foundation, you want them to mint on foundation first. And then if you're like, you know, for example, I sold, I was selling some NFTs at Art Dubai. Um, I made sure like the artists minted on their platforms that they were minting on already. And then we, they transferred the NFTs for, to me. And then it was like, there's some provenance there in terms of like, but you know, so they, there's like sort of a record in the blockchain that they minted on foundation and then they transferred it to me. And then I sold it, you know, it goes to that other person. Um, via OpenSea and then so on and so forth. But there's, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, there's no sort of exclusivity unless um, I guess maybe a gallery, but I don't think that's very much like in the crypto sort of like nature. Got it. So Chris, what about, um, what is selling? What are people buying? Have you noticed any kind of patterns or, or anything <laughs> interesting in um i know it's a it's a really broad question and even in in traditional art it's really hard to answer but i'm just intrigued whether whether you've noticed anything um whether you can see a piece and think wow um that is that piece is going to sell um or whether you've just not noticed any patterns whatsoever well i think there's like growing sophistication in the market in terms of like uh like buyers looking beyond aesthetics and looking more into like the, the, the media that actually builds these aesthetics. Like, um, so for example, Sotheby's, like um, for the recent uh, curated NFT section, they actually did a pretty good job in terms of 
I mean, they, as they should, right? We would expect them to uh, do a good job with that, right? That's their, uh, but so they did, you know, they had, um, uh, they featured one artist I really like, Terra Zero, uh, which is like an early um, blockchain um, artist group, uh, early NFT uh, work. Um, and then they also, um, so like Terra Zero, it's like named after this white paper they made in 2016 about um, a DAO, decentralized autonomous organization about this forest in, I think, I guess it was outside of Berlin or something. And uh, the, the whole artwork um, was sort of this like, this white paper and this sort of uh, scenario of the forest being this autonomous organization where you could interact with, which is now a huge trend in the space in terms of collector DAOs. So you have these groups of people, a lot of cases, anonymous or pseudo anonymous groups of people that pool like millions of dollars to buy artwork. Um, so, so I think there's that sophistication in terms of people like looking into like historical um, or early blockchain work. Um, and then, you know, you have like more purchasing of like on-chain artwork. So uh, like autoglyphs, um, it's sort of like a like a an on-chain generative artwork. So you have like more looking into like this sort of idea of like either like strong conceptual work um, or work that is like true to the media itself in terms of you know um, like either utilizing the blockchain, some data on the blockchain to to produce the work. Um, like there's this one work recently that I like um, by this artist, like Ezra Miller called Solvency. And I think they use the, is the, the generative token ID is used to like create, um, you know, it creates like some sort of like um, generated um, aesthetic um, um, based off that hash. And then there's different programmable rarities in the, in the piece and then uh, another friend did this piece called kudzu the kudzu virus and it's like a it's sort of a, a i consider the virus itself like the this nft that's like um you can't really you can't sell this nft virus so you can infect other people um but you can't send it to other people and you can't sell it and it's sort of like the the this virus this nft this kudzu virus is sort of it's an artwork in itself but um it's it's sort of it's a meme because it sort of mocks uh the whole um you know the hyper financialization of the nft market which sort of uh you know it's uh mirrors the the traditional art and blue chip market um so i i think to answer that question i it, there's yeah there's a i think growing sophistication with being led by certain institutions in terms of the work um, being shown and, and given some recognition for and less less so much like early like uh, you know uh, like sort of uh, the cliche cyberpunk aesthetic that is very synonymous right now like um, which is like a lot of it, it's also like vaporwave if like or like sea punk in terms of like tumbler early tumbler aesthetics yeah there's so there's more diversity um in terms of better art and i mean like someone i think if someone i saw someone say this in a discord that like the traditional art market is 99 percent shit and there's like that one percent that's great um 
for art in general. And then it's the same with the crypto market. It's 99% shit, but we're still trying to find that 1% uh, that's like great work. Um, and it's, I think it's, it's starting to come out or it's more obvious. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's very interesting that the idea of the, the commentary on the medium itself, I suppose. Um, but Chris, what about the buyers? Who are these buyers? Mm. Are they uh, art buyers or uh, a combination of art buyers and totally new buyers? Are they young or any any insights into that? Um, so, I mean, who, yeah, who's buying NFTs, right? And a lot of people know about NFTs, but how many of these people are actually collectors or actually serious collectors? Um, I, I would say majority of serious collectors are actually crypto rich individuals um, that have made tons of money in this recent bull run or from previous bull runs. Um, I think, I don't know for sure, but I do think it's a minority in terms of actual art collectors, I think is a minority um, of like trad art collectors bridging over to uh, being a crypto collector, um, unless they're a new media collector. Um, but even then, uh, I'm not too certain. I do know some crypto art collectors, but um, uh, in person, like not on like Discord or Twitter or something. Uh, they all came from like the crypto world itself and in specifically like the crypto industry. Um, I do have some friends that straddle both worlds. Like I do have friends from like extended, um, you know, network in in like the design and speculative design or the sort of um, more of the philosophical side or the critical side of like tech, design, internet, blockchain. And, um, uh, but they're not necessarily collectors. They're more, um, I mean, some of them have become collectors but more of them are like artists. So I, I would say just to answer your question, it's mainly the crypto rich people. And then even within the crypto space, it's a very specific type of crypto user. Um, but with that being said, um, I think, you know, they're, cause like the reality is like, you have to, you know, you have to have crypto first then you have to get a wallet and then you have to go onto a platform and know how to make a transaction to buy the artwork. And then in most cases, these artworks are denominated in like Ethereum, which at one point was relatively, was affordable, but now like even post this recent, uh, not, I won't say crash, but correction, um, it it's still like expensive. Like Ethereum, it, like one ETH is like 2.5K. So it's a uh, US, so it, it's like quite a lot. Um, so it, generally it's crypto rich individuals, I would say. And Chris, are they actually uh, you showing this work anywhere? You know, I see some of these pieces. I think they're so beautiful. I would want to show them in my home. Or, or, but is that, do you know, have any insights into that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I wish I could name some of these uh, sort of new digital frame companies that have like either been around prior to the crypto space, but there, there have been some that have come up and they just escaped my mind right now. But I'm sure if you like, Google crypto art display. But uh, recently I was at a friend's house and I was like, oh, is this a light box? And you know, this is not a this is not a paid shill for Samsung, but they're uh, the frame telly, I was just like, wow, this I, I thought it was a light box. Um, but it was actually just they're a flat screen, the the Samsung frame. So 
uh, I mean, most cases, like most TVs do have USB um, input nowadays. And, um, I, you know, depending on your, um, on how the artwork is formatted, um, you know, you frame it to your TV. So like, yeah, you like a 16 by nine sort of uh, perspective and then, um, you know, and then you would just put that on your on your TV. And I did I did have, you know, being in the trad art world, like I, I had the privilege of being at a collector's house um, and seeing their collection. And I walk into the living room and 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 I'm and they're like, oh, let's do you want to watch some some of the, my video art collection? And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's goals like to have like just a TV that's not orientated towards the couch or anything. There was like a little tiny like a seating thing, but it wasn't like a couch or anything like that. And it was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, you're just hosting people over for dinner and you have like a, some sort of like beautiful GIF like looping or, you know, your your video art piece or whatever. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's nice. It's a nice idea. Yeah, I, I feel like for me, that's, that's the most exciting, um, exciting part. So Chris, just to finish off, what are um, some of the, maybe some of the surprising things that you that you learned recently or some of the things that you're you're excited about um in this space well i guess it's it's not you know i guess like the biggest takeaway for me in the space is that like nfts are like programmable rights and you know like um a buddy of mine sam hart you know is you know that's like one of the a discussion of mine a discussion we had um you know he mentioned that and, and that sort of like started um, you know, made me think in terms of like a conceptual framework for, for artists. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like, it's still like early beginnings. So like, I think looking at NFTs from a conceptual perspective um, and approaching it in that way, um, you know, you can get, there's certain like freedoms that you might be able to apply to your practice or certain like uh, ways to sort of, um, uh, I guess embody your work. Um, like I was talking with a performance artist and I was saying like, well, you could just make it part of your practice that your work is, has to be bought um, uh, via NFT. And then uh, it's escaping me right now too, but there's this new NFT platform that's just coming out where it gives artists like uh, all these sort of parameters that they can apply to how they make their NFT. So for this one performance artist, I was saying like in your NFT, if you, want to sell your performance to an institution, like they have to buy it via NFT. And then in that NFT, there is like, you could put like a time decay, like where it's like, they have to sell the work within a year to another institution at a set price or whatever. But then you could also do other sort of um, performances in the work as well. Um, and that's just one example. Um, so I think there's that in terms of like, just trying to think more abstractly or think uh, within the framework of what maybe the media is, or more, or maybe more cross collaboration in terms of like working with a coder or someone in data. Um, but beyond that, what's really exciting me is not really related. I guess it is. It's very much in the intersection of art and tech. Uh, is gaming. Um, so that for me, I'm like, it's it's because in a lot of ways the. I guess like, for art and for art and NFTs, like there's this sort of like uh, an intangible value where, you know, people will assign value to things um, 
that they want to assign value to. Like, you know, I'm sure, like if like I gave you a present, um, you know, that, you know, like for your birthday and it was a good present and you like enjoyed the present, <laughs> it wasn't just like a re-gift, <laughs> then like that would have, you know, a certain value. And I think that sort of concept uh, exists in, in, in NFTs. So there, there, there's like this sort of, um, uh, this opening in terms of like, also just interacting with um, the, the creative economy beyond like a web two sort of uh, perspective of just like, of just social metrics. Um, and it's still, it's still like unfolding and that's sort of what I'm trying to look towards, but sorry, but to get back to gaming, um, the, there's sort of like a, uh, a lessening friction between like in-game economies and, and like real world economy. And I think, and I think, you know, this is also demonstrated in art where it's like in NFTs and art or uh, generative media where like, um, you have this work that it doesn't have to be generated on the computer, but just for this example, like it was a, a generative artwork or a digitally rendered artwork that was made on the computer that was put on a digital marketplace that was then bought by uh, a digital currency, like a native, like a cryptocurrency, and then was transferred. So it was like, it's almost like the symbolic loop of like the work existing within the metaverse or within a digital sort of environment. And I think in terms of games, like that, that's sort of like embodied a little bit further because, um, you know, in terms of like avatars, items, um, and like, and I guess being a player in sort of like another quote unquote universe. And you do see that with like Decentraland and some of these other like um, sort of, uh, sort of virtual worlds. So um, I, I think that's something to, to look at is like the virtual worlds and um, you know unfortunately I don't have a gallery in Decentraland um, but like Decentraland, Crypto Voxels, uh, Sandbox, um, they, there's like a bunch of uh, galleries or, or, or collectors that, that have set up virtual galleries um, so and and that's sort of like a fuzzy area between like art design, blockchain and gaming but um, yeah, so right now I'm, I guess, still just looking for early projects or new projects that are coming out. And then, um, I mean, there's a lot to dive into. It's such a broad space really. Um, and it's, yeah. So I, I guess like if you're a gamer, I would look out for Ember Sword. I think that's gonna be like um, the next generation for blockchain games. Um, but in terms of art context, um, I don't, like I'm trying to think of like, I, I guess like from our context, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, um, it's just looking at collector DAOs. Like um, like there's uh, Pleaser DAO, Flamingo, uh, Flamingo DAO. Um, I'm in this DAO called Prince DAO. Um, and I, I think those are like really interesting spaces that you can sort of get into this whole crazy um, NFT um, collector world um, of sorts. But yeah, or, oh yeah, also check out um, FWB, Friends with Benefits Discord. That's um, an interesting like crypto culture Discord. Um, and uh, new models, newmodels.io is also a very interesting Discord that has a bunch of channels related to like crypto and NFTs. And then I think uh, there is like, 
Yeah, I mean, you, you need to get on Discord. I think if you're not on Discord, um, you need to get on there if you want to like explore like the crypto space a little bit more, but also other like subcultures and stuff have like interesting discords. Um, oh yeah, and then trust.support, trust.support Discord. Yeah, that's also a really good Discord to go to, uh, but yeah. Wow, well, um, that's given. No, yeah. you've given so much rich content and so many resources um, that that have, you know, that, that you yourself, I mean, your recommendation is so valuable. So um, I really appreciate that. Um, thank you. Oh yeah, no worries. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Tanya.